Hello and welcome to Top in Tech, a global council podcast. This week, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence in the Middle East and the growing spotlight we're seeing on the United Arab Emirates in AI policy development, but also in the intersection between AI policy and geopolitics. Indeed, only last week, the UAE's Minister of State for AI argued that his country has the potential to become a serious player in AI when speaking at the World Government Summit my name is Conan Darcy, and I lead the global tech policy team at Global Council. And joining me today to take us through where things stand with the AI ambitions of the Gulf Cooperation Council and their member states, but also in particular the UAE, is Sawar Khan, who leads GC's tech policy analysis in the Middle East and North Africa. So, Sawar, many thanks for joining the podcast today. Do you think we could just start with a bit of an overview of the region in terms of where we are with AI policy, AI regulations, AI development. What's happening in the broader Gulf region, specifically the UAE, Saudi and Qatar? Thank you, Conan. AI seems to be the buzzword, not just around the globe, but also here in the Middle East. From a GCC perspective, when we look at regulatory frameworks, they're really remaining in their early stages. We have yet to see an overarching dedicated AI law that applies to the Gulf Cooperation Council members. There hasn't really been a document that's similar or equivalent to the European Union's AI Act, for example. The focus in the GCC has really so far been on voluntary guidelines and recommendations for the use of AI and the adoption of AI. And those have really been generally in line with the OECD's framework. When we look at Saudi Arabia and the UAE, um, they really come across as the regional leaders in terms of AI regulation. Although recently we are seeing higher activity by countries like Qatar and Oman. Both the UAE and Saudi have established AI governance entities and have also issued several AI guidelines and principal documents. For example, the Saudi Data and AI Authority issued a set of seven AI ethic principles in September of last year and followed it in January of this year by two sets of generative AI guidelines, one for the public sector and then another one for the private sector. The UAE, which is seen as a regional champion, was actually the first country to appoint a minister of AI. You mentioned him in your introduction, His Excellency Omar Yolama. And they've also issued a number of documents aimed at providing regulatory frameworks for AI. This included documents like the Smart to Buy AI Ethics and Principles, the Generative AI Guidelines, and most recently, we've also seen the Dubai International Financial Center actually update their data protection regulations to include new requirements for AI developers and operators who will be setting up uh, in their jurisdiction. In terms of forward looking for 2024, we're likely to see significant developments in the UAE. This really follows the establishment of the UAE AI and Advanced Technology Council, which was announced a few months ago. And this will be led by Sheikh Tahnoun bin Zayed, the UAE's National Security Advisor and Chair of the Abu Dhabi Investment Authority, which is the main sovereign wealth fund of the UAE. And as you just mentioned, we've already seen some of these developments just last week. His Excellency Omar al-Allah, Umar al-Ulama commented on the UAE becoming a regulatory sandbox. This was also echoing Sam Altman's statements at the World Government Summit in the UAE. So while you've done 
a great job of just taking us through what the UAE is doing at a macro level. But I'm aware of this organization called G42, which plays a pretty pivotal role in how the UAE approaches AI development within its country. Do you think you could just talk us through how that functions and what exactly it does? The UAE government has adopted various approaches to really position themselves as an AI hub and attract the biggest names in the industry. On the regulatory level, I've mentioned a few examples, including issuing a wide range of national strategies on AI and guidelines and establishing governance entities. But really, the UAE offers the most flexible and advanced regulatory and business framework to set up a business, whether that be AI or fintech or e-commerce or retail. If you're a business looking to set up in the GCC, in particular, you're looking at the UAE, depending on the services that you offer, you can register on the mainland and be subject to federal laws and regulations or choose from over 40 free zone jurisdictions, which have their own sets of laws and exemptions and regulations. And these free zones were really tailored to provide incentives to different industries. So you have the creative city zone, and Fujaira, the Dubai Multi-Commodity Center, or the Dubai Media City, or 2454 if you're into gaming and esports, there's almost a free zone for every sector. And this leads us also to wonder whether the UAE will eventually establish a free zone specifically focused on AI. Actually, they sort of have already started. Muslar City Free Zone, just in November of last year, introduced a new licensing package for startups and businesses focused on AI. And this was one of the UAE's initiatives to attract AI companies to set up in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And this was done in collaboration with Mohammed bin Zayed University of AI. And speaking of Mohammed bin Zayed University, it's actually the first university in the world to purely specialize in the research, study and innovation of AI. They're one of the country's most important players in strengthening, upscaling and localizing AI talent. And what the UAE has done really well is mobilize a network of national champions to advance their AI capabilities. And this network includes education and research institutions like the Mohammed bin Zayed University, but it also includes really powerful players like sovereign wealth funds, ministries, and state-owned tech companies like G42. G42, which is an artificial intelligence and cloud computing company, plays a central role in achieving the UAE's AI ambitions. It's funded by several state entities and wealth funds, including Mubadala and the Abu Dhabi Holding Company. And in its current capacity, G42 is focused on the development of AI industries in the government, healthcare, finance, oil and gas, tourism, and various other sectors. It actually operates nine different subsidiary companies and the 42X Fund, which is a 10 billion dollar fund that invests in large scale technology companies. In 2023, we saw G42 launch really intensive efforts to hire dozens of individuals from across Asia to scout investment opportunities for 42X. G42 is aiming to establish strong teams in Singapore, Jakarta, Shanghai, and others. And this is part of what the UAE has been doing in terms of having strong teams across the world advocating for investing in the UAE, 
but also acting as vehicles for the UAE to invest in other markets. So if we take that all together, Sawar, you've given a good sense of the way in which the not just the UAE, but other countries in the region are using, I guess, the policy and regulatory tools to try and encourage development in the sector. You've also talked around what sounds to be almost the mobilization of the state, but most importantly, the financial resources of the UAE, which we know are, are vast, in order to try and incentivize the development of, of AI in the region, but also to attract companies to base there and to innovate and to use that sandbox capacity that they're building. But what's the what's the motivation? What is the UAE basically trying to achieve? Is this uh, a sense of regional leadership? Do they want to sort of get ahead of others in the region and become the hub for AI development, uh, ahead of Saudi, ahead of Qatar, ahead of other countries in the region? Is it also a little bit around preparing for a post-oil world as, as we as we move away from, uh, obviously still some way off, but at some point moving away from uh, oil dependency, an economic strategy that positions the UAE for the future? Is it something else or a little bit of all of that? It's a good question, Conan, and it is a little bit of all of that. Of course, the main reason and everything that we've discussed is part of the UAE and really the GCC at large, broader and long-term goals of transitioning their national economies away from oil and gas and digitizing their government services. So this is really a core mandate of the UAE's national vision, which is called We the UAE 2031. And different versions of that vision exist across the GCC. Saudi Arabia has vision 2030. Qatar has its own national vision. Qatar has also just recently launched its um, national development strategy three, which also aims to steer Qatar away from um, oil and gas and diversify the economy. Oman has its own national vision. And again, what all of these visions have in common is that they're all trying to prioritize the tech sector, including the AI industry, to diversify their economies. And another main goal is to digitize government services. And of course, this also ties back into regional leadership. The GCC countries are racing to position themselves as hubs in AI and advanced technology. Everybody wants a piece of the cake. The highest level of competition in the GCC are really between UAE and Saudi at the moment, um, as they're seen as the regional champions. They have the most advanced systems and they've been making the highest level of investments in AI and advanced technology in general. So you've given us a nice picture there, Sawa, of the interplay within the region. And um, One thing I was very keen to touch on now is some of the challenges that the UAE is facing as it's looking to build this AI hub, this global and regional AI hub that it wants to outstrip Saudi and various others. And this was, I, I saw just the other day, a headline which read Abu Dhabi AI group G42 sells its China stakes to appease the US. Now, on the podcast, we've talked a lot in the past around how so-called decoupling or de-risking between China and the US is playing out, particularly in Europe but also affecting supply chains uh, in the US. But we've taken very much a transatlantic uh, perspective on this. So very interested to understand how this all fits together in the challenges the UAE is facing on the geopolitics of AI. When it comes to AI technology in the UAE, the main challenge right now 
is really maneuvering the geopolitics of the US-China relationship, which you touched upon a little bit, Conan. The US and China are both key allies to the UAE. They both play really important roles. I mean, China is the UAE's largest trading partner, accounting for over 15% of the country's total trade. And the U.S. remains one of the UAE's top security partners. What we've seen the UAE do in the past few years is walk a middle line approach. The government has really come out on various occasions and emphasized the importance of the relationship with both Washington and Beijing and insisted that neither relationship will impact the other one. On a larger trend, we've seen China play a bigger role in the Middle East. They've been more active in having economic partnerships with the UAE and Saudi and Qatar. There are more state delegation visits to the GCC. But recently, the UAE has had to make some really tough choices. U.S. officials started becoming increasingly worried about G42's alleged deep links to China. We talked about G42 a little bit, but G42 has had longstanding partnerships with different Chinese companies. And in a New York Times report, it was stated that U.S. intelligence agencies had been issuing warnings about G42's work with Chinese companies and went so far as to suggest that G42 could actually become a vehicle through which American technology is leaked to China. And as you can imagine, this became a big problem for the UAE, whose AI ambitions really necessitate access to US-made chips. And a few months back, there were a few articles talking about the UAE and Saudi's race to buy American-made chips to power um, their local AI ambitions. And in a fast reaction to these allegations, we saw G42 announce that they'll be phasing out Chinese hardware to appease their U.S. partners and abide by Washington rules on exports of advanced ships. What's worth noting here is that the UAE has launched its own large language model called Falcon, and they're really prioritizing being able to get as many chips as possible to, com- to continue powering Falcon and power other local initiatives and strengthen their AI infrastructure. And just this month, it was announced that actually G42 will be divesting and selling all of its stakes in Chinese companies, including ByteDance. And that was a shock to everyone in the region. We did not see it coming. But despite all of this, the UAE has also been careful to not let this impact their China relations. The government again went on record and maintained that they value their Chinese relationship and that this was purely a commercial and business decision that G42 decided based on their partnerships with American partners, including Microsoft and OpenAI and others, and that the UAE will continue fostering their relationship with China, and that it is a priority uh, for them to focus on commercial ties with both Beijing and Washington. I guess it's a, another example where countries will will aim to maintain their relations with both China and with the US uh, despite decoupling, but there will be certain pinch points and those pinch points will, will continue to play out. For the UAE and for G42, that appears to have been its potential partnerships with US AI developers. Uh, and that's clearly clearly played a role in in the decision that they've come to. In others, as we've seen in Europe, there's there's been a big focus in the past around uh, semiconductor supply chains, but also uh, around the issue of 5G telecoms networks, where 
uh, that particular intersection of Chinese investment, and Chinese technology, and U.S. policy uh, have come come to pass, and there's been a tension that has been impossible ultimately to resolve for a number of European countries. So we're seeing something similar. It sounds like play out in the UAE. So just to conclude, so while we've talked a lot so far about incentivization of development, about incentivization of inward investment, policy frameworks almost that will incentivize growth and the development of a tech and AI ecosystem. But what specifically about regulation? What we talked about so far sounds more deregulatory or at least putting regulatory minimums in place that might incentivize tech development. Are countries looking to bring in AI legislation more along the lines that we're seeing in Europe with the AI Act in Brussels, or just to keep the laws that they have at a, at a minimum uh, without doing anything radical that might upset that pro-innovation agenda? In terms of the GCC countries, it's highly unlikely that in the short term we will see GCC legislation or binding legislation be passed. So anything similar to what the European Union is doing, um, as you mentioned, Conan. What is likely to happen is that the region will continue developing and implementing several voluntary guidelines on AI. Just yesterday, Qatar actually launched their own AI guidelines, and this was launched by the National Cybersecurity Agency. Those, however, again, were, are very much voluntary in nature and are more or less in line with what we've seen the OECD, the OECD recommend. It remains unclear how aggressive of an approach GCC legislators will take. But again, we don't really anticipate any binding regulations to be implemented. The UAE and larger GCC efforts, again, are likely to focus on voluntary guidelines and implementing legislation in other areas where they already have certain laws passed. So this includes data protection and cybersecurity. We think various updates will be introduced to those laws, but the new and fully comprehensive AI law at the moment is probably not going to happen again because they're trying to really keep that innovation momentum going and attracting as many AI businesses and leaders. I think maybe another thing worth mentioning is that in line with Sam Altman's ambitions, the UAE does want to sort of create a regulatory sandbox to see what could work and what might not work and what might be right for the region. The chances of that becoming a full-blown legislation that governs AI in the UAE or other GCC countries at the moment doesn't seem very strong. Right. So we have a we have very much the a picture of pro-innovation environment. It's not totally without legislative so-called guardrails, but clearly there isn't going to be huge interventions in the way in which we are seen in in the EU at the moment. And the the focus will be to try and get a bit of a competitive advantage not only within the region, but also with those with other places like Europe and the States as we move forward, or indeed with China. So Sawad, thank you very much for taking me through that today. For anyone on the line who's interested to understand more around what's happening in the GCC region, both on AI policy, on AI incentives, or also around the broader tech scene, then do get in contact with Sawar. Her details are in the podcast notes, or you can find them on the Global Council website, which is www.global-council.com. Thanks very much for listening, and hopefully you'll join us for next week's episode as well. Bye-bye.